What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? So it's episode 50. Episode 50. We're here and... Should we celebrate now or in two weeks, episode 52 would mark a year, right? Unless this was a leap year. Um, we can celebrate episode 52 as our year anniversary. And if you're listening to it, you can send us gifts um, yeah, I think one year yeah. gifts are like gold, diamonds, cash. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. pretty sure it's creme la mer and <laughs> beluga caviar and I don't drink, but maybe I will by episode 52. It's, it's possible. Harriet is blowing my phone up from Germany. Uh, flip it down. She can just take a okay. rest for a moment. It's too annoying for our listeners. Um, so today is a special day because we're going to... Today we're going to talk about uh, one of Reed's favorite movies that he's asked me for years to watch, and I, <laughs> I haven't because it has men in the title, so I thought I'd be bored. Right. And, and Jeremy wasn't your boyfriend. That's right. And so he actually will do things. Jeremy was really like, <laughs> well, I said, should we watch the movie? And then I looked for it, and then... Well, of course you wouldn't be able to figure out how to watch it, A of all. Oh, no, we rented it. We right, paid for it Amazon. last night. Yeah, two ninety nine. Yeah, two ninety nine on Amazon. <laughs> Rented it. Wait, if you're listening to this episode, it's going to be a hundred percent spoiler alert. It's a hundred percent spoiler. If you want to experience this episode with us as we're experiencing it, stop now. Uh-huh. Watch the movie Men Don't Leave on Amazon two ninety nine, uh-huh. starring Jessica Lange. It is, and the, then restart the, best the podcast. Three dollars you'll spend in a while in your it's, life. It is. It's so good, Reed. I, I, you. I, you started telling me to watch it when we... I do feel I have some ownership of this movie. I don't know why. Well, you should because you are you are that little boy. I know. And <laughs> so my first question is, when did you see it first? You know, I first started watching this movie in the early 2000s because I come from a TV house. Yeah, and like I, w- I wasn't living at home at the time, but when I would come home on breaks... My mom had all the movie channels at this point. Like, whatever became available as cable developed over the years, my Mm -hmm. mom would have it. Mm -hmm. Without really an understanding of how much she was paying. Oh. You know what I mean? Do they cost a lot? Well, she would be like, they'd be like, if you upgrade, you can have all the movie channels. And she'd be like, like, well, absolutely, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at a certain point, I think she was paying hundreds of dollars for (gasps) cable without really knowing it. I so relate to that. Yeah. That sounds like me with my healthcare this past year. Because I do remember there was a point where, like, you had the option of, like, having HBO, and then you could also have, like, HBO Plus, which gave you, like, all their extra channels and the ability to watch all of their special shows at any time that you wanted. Uh-huh. But then she had that also for, like, Cinemax, for Showtime, Showtime. for the movie channel. Has on... she ever downgraded, or she still she has downgraded. all of that? I think okay. my brother figured it out for her because he also got her, like... Apple TV. So oh, then she's good. blown through all the Netflix shows. I <laughs> mean, sure. like every single one. I'm sure. The amazing thing is that when you're watching something with her, and I think I've said this you before, have. but I want you to she'll say be it again. like, oh, I'm excited. This, I've never seen this one. And you'll get two minutes in, and then she'll tell you the entire plot. Yeah. You'll be like, have you seen it? She'll be like, yeah. 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 I also, <laughs> what's, and what's interesting is that I didn't, because I feel like she's absorbed so much of this when she's either like painting her nails mm-hmm. or knitting or sleeping because it's also on while she sleeps. Yeah. And so I subliminal. feel, I feel she absorbs things while sleeping because she'll also say lines along with like, Oh, this is the part when she's like, wow, wow, wow. And you're like, true. wow. Insane. It is, it is wild. She should listen to language learning tapes while she sleeps. Cause then she would be she like, try language. Become a Russian spy. No one would ever know. She 
Also, I recently was looking through my Instagram from the past, and she, every year during holidays, she decorates all the packages in one way. Mm-hmm. And a couple years ago, she did cut paper flowers out of brown paper, and but also like painted each flower. And can I? They were extraordinary. The apple doesn't fall far, Reed. It, I mean, the things that my mom can make is unbelievable. It's, this is going to, for our listeners, this is going to be another episode about moms. Oh my God. And I, I, you know, I hope I don't cry, but I won't be surprised if I do. It's, um, moms are, moms are moms. Moms are, (laughs) it's like, uh, so, I I just, you know, that there's no language for it, why there's so many books. I think people who really loved their moms and their dads don't understand as much how important moms are. Mm, Is that true? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I just said, I just was at the gym earlier and I, I saw this queen I know and he said his dad had died years ago. And I said, well, my dad died a couple of years ago. My mother died in 2013. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm da, da, da. And I said, it was my dad who died. And we, and he said, but as the kids, we had said, wow, well, thank God it wasn't mom even though we did love our dad. Right. And I said, well, the dad's death is not one that you have to... I said, you know, you don't necessarily have to show up for that one, but you've got to show up for the mom's death. It's so... It's... I mean, you spent your first nine months... Yeah. ...as part of her. I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the movie, is Mm -hmm. there any dance thing we need to talk about? Mm Mm-mm. No. No, I okay. just think it's men don't leave. I mean, have you? Did you see anything after you went to ABT that you want to mm. talk about? That you actually want to talk about? Did I even see anything after that? Do you know what I mean? I I, I'm going to be seeing Aaron Markey's singlet. Uh, we're currently in rehearsals for Peter Pan. I can't wait to see her show, their show. Um, and I'll be doing that. Uh, if you're listening to this episode on Friday. I'll be at that. I'll be at the show that night. Right on June first. The only other thing I'd say is that the more I thought about Wayne McGregor's Rite of Spring, the worse it got. Well, so wow. There you there you go, there you go. <laughs> I mean, and yet uh, that is um, uh, a rolling ball that I highly doubt is going to stop. That is uh, a rolling stone. Is what I was Wayne? trying to say. Yeah, I think it's just going to, and uh, not just Wayne, but work you know like what? that. Just, he's going to make. A ton we'll of work and keep getting made, and yeah. all the companies are going to have him make work. Yep. And then, as soon as they're made, they will never be. They won't be performed again. I, I mean, don't think so. Save for a very small handful of them, but huh. most of these works are just going to go straight in the garbage. Huh? I'm sh- I'm sure of it. I really? mean, dances, which are really timely, don't stand the test of time. Really timely. Meaning, like trendy. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, because I think the dances that are, have, yeah, trendy makes more sense than timely or contemporary, I would definitely right, right, right. say. But also, the thing that's so weird about things that are trendy is they always look so dated to me. Instantly. I'm, I'm, well, I'm like, but I'm, but also literally like, I remember things like this from the 90s. Right. So why is this happening? Like, I'm so, and that there isn't a comment or a, it's it's so not commented on while being used. It's right. actually being used in earnest, and it just feels like bad dramaturgy, bad education, bad like uh, kind of unthought out. 
right. uh, thing of someone who sort of has lived in some kind of bubble, I guess. Right. I'm not speaking about this work because no, I don't see I mean, it. I think I'm in Wayne's case, it's not a art. lack of anything. I do think it's just... The only thing I could say that is it is lacking is... is <laughs> skill and taste it doesn't lack I think he thinks a lot about it I think he oh honey they always do yeah I think particularly oh, in Wayne's case he's surrounded himself oh. and like really absorbed himself in a world of thoughts and people that are pretentious and not that interesting oh, there's, to me. They always have an essay that they've written For alongside sure. of their thing to buoy their material that is just so, you know, and I'm uh, italicizing yeah. this next it. word. I think important. his work is probably extremely buoyed by a lot of words, but oh, sure. the results are, the results are in. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm not, I'm familiar, uh, I'm familiar with this work. I didn't see that piece, obviously. I mean, the, the, only thing that I wish I was seeing coming up is I really wish I was seeing James do Harlequinade. I'm devastated that I was out of town for his Giselle, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really devastated that I'm going to miss him doing Harlequinade. Well, I will but see you'll it, get and to I'll, see I'll it. be a roving reporter. And you can tell me all about it. Um, so now let's talk about last night when I was watching Men Don't Leave <sighs> during the hot air balloon part. When I started to cry, <laughs> I really wanted to just yell at the top of my lungs, I love movies. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is doing something so unlike anything, anything else. It, it was I, just... I, I had a sense when I was like a teenager and first started seeing this movie that there was something really special about it. And I, I doubted that over the years, which never diminished my love for it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I thought like, maybe this movie is really basic. And mm-hmm. like, I just happened to have this strange affection for it because of like when I started watching it. But I also kept saying they don't make movies like this anymore. That like, it does feel they like really, that, right? The movie's so, it's not only is it complex, but the editing is so complex so that you're left not scenes aren't buttoned they're not tied up really quickly together in a way that movies now are so each scene will be so wrapped up or the hard cut will happen with a real point right and these scenes would end with an open-ended quality of the mystery and the chaos that this family is left in with the death of the father and it doesn't feel like a studio movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly is sentimental and it has like all of the production elements are really beautiful. I mean, there's one production thing that I was like, well, that's, that's silly. And I remember a friend of mine once like, re- like kind of comparing it to a TV movie. And the only thing I can think of that really rings true in that way is the scene where she's having a nightmare flashback to running to, oh, like, yeah. and it's goes, to the hospital and it has scene. that staticky slow motion that yeah, they do. Yeah, just the slow motion of her running around in the basement of the hospital. And that fast slow motion quality they do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, well, that's it's not, the, not great. It's the, it, well, that's the part in the movie where you're like, oh, made in the late 90s. Right, like, early okay. 90s, or late 80s. Oh, it was made in the late 80s. Late right, because it came out in 1990. 90, yeah. Um, first of all, wait, so when did you see it first? 
So you I saw it at your mom's? I started seeing it probably in the late 90s, early 2000s when it became like, it started playing on all those movie channels. Lifetime. Const- no, uh-huh. not Lifetime. Uh-huh. Movie channels okay. where it would play in its entirety without uh-huh. commercials. Uh-huh. Like, Showtime or the movie channel and it, and it was seemed to be on like at least once a week on some channel uh-huh. and so there was a period of time where I just saw it all the time and the only other person who had that same experience is John Torres and he's my age and also grew up on the east coast like in a TV house right. at the same time right so it stands to reason that he also like had some strange connection to this movie and I remember like saying the name of that movie to him and him recognizing it and being stunned because no one has heard of this movie it literally disappeared into obscurity when you might think it would become like a film classic because of the cast because of the score the because score. of the direction we'll talk we'll, oh we'll, we'll break through all of this in a moment when you first saw it did you see it with your mother maybe i know well she may have been watching it downstairs as i was watching it upstairs read, you know what i mean when and as i thought about that you love this movie and ai and your mom and your relationship with your mom and like yeah. the zero dad it's just so it is what it is i mean and her breakdown oh, her hoarding kirsten was asking me once it was over like as i was like slowly starting to be able to speak again after watching the movie the other night because you sobbed the whole way through it no what happened when you watched it again recently well i think gosh. and as a child did you cry when you saw oh, it well i was not a child. i was a young young man which is how old Teen, oh, late teens you were late teens okay so like yeah. a kid but still i mean I, I might have started seeing it in high school i'm not so sure but uh-huh. yeah teenage years is uh-huh. when i first started seeing it and i do remember it was one of those first movies where I was like, whoa, this is making me cry. Because when you're a kid, like, movies don't necessarily make you cry. Right. I remember, like, my mom crying a lot at E.T. and being like, whoa, that movie, like, did What was the movie that most made you cry as a kid? Men Don't Leave. <laughs> like, I can't... I hadn't seen this movie. So the movie that I could no longer watch by the time I was a teenager, because as soon as I would hear the film score, I would start sobbing, was Edward Scissorhands. Oh. See, I saw Edward Scissorhands, like, when it was in the movie theaters when I was, like, nine or ten, and it didn't make me cry. Yeah. It was a bullying thing for me. I I related too strongly to his bullying and was just too... I related to the Diane Weist character. Sure. Yeah. Avon Calling. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Um, but yeah, this movie, I think for me, I never really understood why it was. I was so emotionally connected to it until many years later Sure. when I was like, she is my mom. Yeah. We are those boys. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell's character literally is my brother. Yeah. It's Jack. It's so amazing. Like his relationship to like sarcasm and having emotional walls is like identical. Yeah. And you were the little boy with the haunted eyes, like, almost same face. Like, if I was to be like, what actor is Reed? I'd be like, that little boy from those movies back then. He was, and he was, like, interestingly, like, you wouldn't know him from this movie, but he became such a huge movie star with What About Bob and Hook. And What About Bob and Hook. Talk about two excellent movies. So he's the star of them. Yeah. And then he stopped acting, really. Did you, like, wiki him to find out what happened to him? Yeah, I think he's a lawyer. Good for him. Yeah. Good for he's... him. He was like, that's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to go down that road. Right. He's so good. He, well, As a child, can you imagine? He's so good at just... So good. ...allowing. Ugh. And I think that truly Chris O'Donnell gives the best performance of the movie. Chris O'Donnell's wharf speech 
is... It's insane. Incredible. It's incredible. And that they keep the camera on him like that. That was the point in watching the movie again right now, several years later, that I couldn't stop crying. I cried through it, too. I really did cry in that part, too. Once that happened... I was I could barely watch the movie anymore and by the time the movie ended then like the credits began and then I like couldn't I just had to cry for a long time and then I was able to speak again and Kirsten was like I'm he was like thank you so much for like sharing this with mm-hmm. me and I want to know like what like why and you told him and I was like cuz my cuz of my mom cuz like yeah. this is what happened yeah like this is exactly and this is the the part of the movie where where Joan Cusack is in the car with her, driving her to the hot air balloon, and she goes, you know, if if I had ever had someone who loved me that much and they died, I would be really tired too. Yeah. And I was like, that is it. Like, my mom has been through phases where, like, all she could do was, like, all, like be alive, and, like, that's it. And, like, go to work. But, like, beyond that, like... It was, for me, gave context to, like, her be- all of her behavior. Yeah. And all the points in my life were, like, I was scared for her. Yeah. Just like how Charlie Korsma was in this movie, like, afraid for his mom. Yeah. But she wasn't insane at all. No. She didn't lost her mind. She was just depressed. And, yeah. like, being that depressed made her unable to get out of bed. Yeah. But she could get out of bed enough to, like, make him a peanut butter sandwich and have enough wherewithal to realize that the situation was ridiculous that like she couldn't she didn't have juice or milk for him yeah but she could offer him water and then go back to bed yeah (laughs) and i was like that makes sense and i never put the pieces together about my mom before that because you know i hadn't i wasn't old enough to understand the kind of trauma she'd been through when she and my dad broke up when he could no longer be in the picture and it wasn't a death but it certainly was um a loss for her because she didn't have a choice well and in this way she also cat the kathy bates role is kind of your mother too and that is an amazing scene like this so much wisdom tough woman who runs a shop and she was (laughs) like you know when my husband left me it was a harder. Lo- it was harder than what you're going right. through. She was like, being left alone is harder than you being left with two boys. Yeah. And I was like, that's probably true. <laughs> it I was, was like, correct. That scene was just, anyhow, so... Is, right. Can you believe the way this movie's written? Can you can you believe that also that the, the sort of, one of the heroes of the movie is Joan Cusack, who is an adult who sleeps with a 17-year-old boy? I mean, who, when the Joan Cusack character first came into the scenes and Kirsten was like, he was like, I don't know what's going on. He was like, this mm-hmm. is really sick. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait for it. That was shocking. Like, in the elevator scene, I was like, oh, okay, well, she's just being, she's just trying to be a helpful adult. She's just like, I'll get you a juice. She understands he's a child. And then right. you're like, what? I know. And she's like, and then I think, you know, we'll eat this dinner and then we'll make love. And she takes him to get an x-ray and kisses his, like, skinny, naked, like, neck. And But flash forward to the end of the movie when he's wearing, like, a crop top and is, like, being, like, a kid of the 90s. And he swaggers over. And instead of her paying any attention to him, she's looking at Jessica Lang and telling her to turn her life jacket right. around. Joan Cusack's performance in this film is... Incredible. I mean, everybody. Kathy Bates. 
incredible. Like nobody gives a bad performance. No in this movie. one. Those two boys, Chris O'Donnell and this Charlie boy, Corsmo. the the boy, Arliss Howard, the boy who steals the lottery thing. Oh my God, Winston. Oh, oh my God, his parents, his cousin. His sister, you mean? Well, no, he has that cousin with the... Oh, my God, with the the VCRs. It's amazing. I mean, we're talking about this so abstractly, people are probably like, what the fuck? Well, they've now watched it. I hope they've watched it. I hope that they stopped and they've now watched it. the little boy's parents also give one of the most touching performances. Winston's parents. Winston's parents of, like, this is a family. This is a loving family. Like, this is a... Yeah. And the scene when she comes to pick him up from their house... And, and she has blood on her shirt because she know. got a nosebleed. It's so embarrassing. And they're like, well, he's asleep. And she's like, mm-hmm, but I'm going to take him home now. Because I need him. And they're like, his clothes are in the laundry, in the dryer. It's and so... she's like, okay. And then he's like, mom, I want to stay here. I think that's when I first started crying last night. When you started... That scene oh, wait, again. so you watched it yesterday? Dude, I guess it was two nights ago. Two nights ago is when you texted because yeah. I watched it last night and just couldn't, couldn't believe it. I really couldn't... The Joan Cusack part with this... So Joan Cusack has this affair with... That ends up... Ends, he ends up being her boyfriend. Jessica Lange, 17-year-old son, ends up becoming Joan Cusack, who's like a 20-something-year-old right. person. And boyfriend. I don't imagine it's... Real, in my mind, if we move into the future beyond the plot, I don't think they're they going to stay together. together. No. But she helped them. She helped him, and she helped them. Yeah. Like, all the people that came into their life in some way helped them. And it was and it was interesting because I kept thinking, wow, this ends up working for me some way in, in the way that Call Me By Your Name just couldn't for me. Right. And I was like, is it a male-female dynamic? And it, it wasn't. It was actually how she played the role because she's also insane. Like, she's this <laughs> nurse who is fully crazy. So it doesn't make it normal at all. Right. Like the part when Jessica Lange goes, well, why don't you go out and find a 10-year-old and really go to town? And she's like, I'd like you to leave the apartment if you can't be nice to us. Right. Like, she's so just, you know, like... Well, what's interesting is that, like, I think what also makes it a little bit easier to take than Call Me By Your Name is that is just sort of like the age of the actors in this way. Yeah. Because... Well, she looks like she's in her 20s and he looks... Like 17, 18, yeah, and and instead of like in her 30s. He was like 19 when they were right. filming the movie, right. even though he looks younger, a little yeah. younger, and she looks 25. And yeah. I think she, let's see, how old would she have been? I think she was born in like... You know when Joan Cusack was born? I think she was born in the 60s. Okay. Um, is Jeremy Googling it? Yeah, so she would have been tw- in her 20s, right. so she would have been like, what? 62, 1990. Yeah, like 28, 27. Mm. So, like, they're less than 10-year age difference. Mm. Like, it felt... You know, it didn't even really occur to me so much when I saw it when I was young. Like, now more watching it, I'm like, whoa. I know. And it was one of those things that I was thinking back to if I would have seen it when I was young, I'd have been like, oh, okay, cool. Right. Like, just... Adults. Yeah, I'd have been like, oh, sure. Well, even when I was 17, I'd be like, it seems right. Like, I could picture myself with someone in their 20s. Right. Like, he looks so young to me now. But yeah. when, I, when I first started watching, I was like, he's like a big kid. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Um, and so interesting, like, the way that she handles seducing him or, like, beginning that relationship, I literally, like, used some of those as tools later on in my life. Not to, like, seduce a child, no, but no, just, like, that. in having but, relationships. But you would be like, why don't you come over and I'll make you a dinner? 
Absolutely. And then and while you were eating, would you be like, so what do you want to do after the dinner? Well, there's like a matter of fact nature to the way that she plans this whole thing out that I was yeah. like, I will do that. And Incredible. One, and that makes super sense. One time I was seeing this guy who was older than me, mm-hmm. but I could tell he was sort of losing interest as he started to realize how inexperienced I was. Mm-hmm. And so one night... We walked to his house and he was essentially like saying goodbye to me, like, you have to go now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, before you say totally goodbye, why don't we go inside and have a bath and see how you feel about me afterwards? (gasps) (gasps) Yes, that is so good. And what happened? It worked. Wow. Yeah. So you took a bath, and then he wanted we to keep We didn't even out. take a bath. Okay, you just hooked up right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, that's nice. I yeah, like that. I mean, it didn't last, but no, at no. least, like, it, I got what I wanted. Yeah. You were able to continue it for a, a yeah. little while longer. And uh-huh. I only realized that I learned that from Joan Cusack's character two nights ago. Yep. It wasn't like it was happening and I was like, this is Joan Cusack. But two nights ago, I was like, whoa, I've like intuited so much from this movie. It's crazy. <laughs> what else have you learned from this movie, would you say? I mean, here's the thing. When I was watching it last night, I remembered when you went to go clean out your mother's house. Yeah. And um, and I had a little cry about that um, for about you. Because that was sort of when you and I were becoming friends again. And... Or friends, period. Yeah. Since we really weren't in boarding school. Mm-hmm. And I was crazy. I was fully unhinged. And you were coming over to my house, kind of like Joan Cusack, I would say. Because I was, you know, insane and losing it. And you'd be like, well, one plus one is two. Right. You know, and I'd be like, X10, 750 blue, <laughs> yellow, you know, shelves. You know, just whatever. Just sort of, like, kind of really losing it. And you'd be like, okay. And you'd be like, well, you're going to stop now and I'm going to help you. Yeah. And so, and at that, in that same summer when I was losing my mind and you were helping me through that after my breakup, you were also, you also went to your mother's and cleaned out her house. Right. And it, and it was like. Dramatic. You know what else I watched a couple nights ago? Hoarders. Have you ever watched that? I'm not going to watch that. I have seen it when I'm in hotels. It was incredible. I'm going to just briefly diverge and we'll come back. There were two stories that happened at the same time. <laughs> and one is this old, this old family and their three children. And the daughter is the only one who's sane. She has two brothers and they're both kind of like not setting a limit or a boundary with these old parents. We're going to die in this house if it keeps being this way. Mm. The house is what I'm hoarders saying, yeah. is. You know, Rack fully poop. disgusting. Mm. Uh-huh, dead mice everywhere, mm. like mold, what have you. And they're like, well, we like it this way, and that's how it is, you know, da da da. And the right. daughter's losing her mind, everything. She's the you kind of character. Mm-hmm. Like, this has to stop. And they're like, stop raising your voice at me, you know. The other story is this man who's got spinal stenosis. He's this like huge guy. He's got edema, so they keep showing his legs, and you're like, oh, stop it. He's huge. He can't get around his house. He has a full garbage bag of adult diapers that he eats next to in like a lazy boy. Ugh. They. He has, I'm going to like... Just Wait, get, used adult diapers? Like, uh-huh. that's the dirty... Oh, my uh-huh. God. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to cut the old people narrative. because, And that whole thing, too, just kept being like, let them die. Like, it was really like, right. this This is what they want, and they are done. So, just let them be done. And right. Let this, Jeremy's never seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, same, same. Uh, yeah. So deep. 
that's such a good movie. People should watch that too. It's a whole other episode. Um, so I'm going to leave the old parents story, whatever. We're just going to stick with this guy. So this, he has two sisters and a mom and they come to help clean the house. They need to be all part of it. They go upstairs at one point, they're cleaning through things and they find the sisters keeping like, we're finding all this hardcore porn. <gasps> it's magazines and videos. But oh. It's just porn. Right. And, but it's they keep calling it hardcore porn, oh, which wow. I live for. And then they start finding, they're like, what's this? And it's wigs. It's a bag of wigs, a bag of high heel shoes, and then a like S&M mask, like those leather masks you wow. put over people. And so I'm like, this is stuff for S&M. And then that she goes, what's this? And she holds it up and it's been, you know, granulated out. But it's just a bunch of big dildos that one of them is picking up being like, I can't believe it. <laughs> and it's these big dildos that they're passing it's around. Dead. And this one sister starts crying and she goes, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> I really, I, I laugh. I so like hard. the hoarder a lot better than their kids. The, the hoarder? Oh, you mean that guy? Yeah. That guy and that thing. Well, then they made him apologize for being such a disgusting oh my sex God. person. No. Yeah. And then they I love hate these kids. And then they love him at their sisters and his mom. Oh, and then he's I, a gay guy. I guess. Or whatever. Who knows? He's into whatever sex he's into. Stuff. I think he's just into it all, you know? And um, at the end, the house gets clean, so the sisters love him again, and da-da-da, they give him a hug. And she goes, as angry as I was yesterday is as happy as I am today. And I was really... No, it was as bad as I felt yesterday is as good as I feel today. Even more simple, (laughs) which I really love. I was going to start using that. I'd be like, how are you? As bad as I felt yesterday is as good as I feel today. Yeah. Can I have some more coffee, please? That's nice. Um... Okay, Horda, so remembering you cleaned out your mother's house. Yeah. And was that a, a kind of turnaround time of, like, mom? Well, my mom is not, like, that level of hoarder where no. you're dealing with, like, poop and stuff. Or, no, no, no. But there's a point where she gets sort of, like, buried by so many tasks that she doesn't do any of them. I... Relate. We all do, in a way. Deeply. Remember, I'm going to say it again. You went through, like, a year's worth of mail with me. Right. Of a just a lawn bag full of mail that I'd had, right? And you did it with me for a couple hours. Like but a, so for me, that just meant, you know, I I knew what this meant, so I gave myself a, several weeks, and I would do certain tasks every day, and I would do them to completion, which meant like sometimes it would just be one entire day on like a set of cupboards, you know, so. And I mean, that meant like every piece of change I found, I'd put it in the change jar and like every nail I found, it then went into the special baggie in the toolbox. So I was like doing total overhaul to give her like something that she wouldn't even be able to manage in the end. Right. <clears throat> but and what was she doing while you were doing she'd that? She'd go to work and then uh-huh. she'd come home and I would present her with choices. Me- uh-huh. Meaning this, you can keep this mm-hmm. or this. Right. You Or I'd say like... I'd have her look at each object. I'd hold it up and I'd say, is this for donation? Is it for garbage? Or is it for keeping? Uh Right? So all she'd have to do is say a choice and I would handle it. But let me tell you what, after several days of that, she was like, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. So then once we got really close to the end, it would just end in tears. For her. Mm -hmm. I can't picture your mother crying. Oh, because she would get, because I was like, Cause I would yell at her cause I'd be like, I'm doing all of this for you and you can't even pull it together to like join me for a few minutes a day to help me finish this for you. And 
essentially she was just like coming to acknowledging that like yeah. this had been really hard and like we were going through this thing <clears throat> but you know in the end it worked out really well I guess I mean there's still magazines holding the ceiling up so like a lot of the stuff that I did didn't end up becoming like systems that were tenable for her to actually implement implement right. yeah so but it was good to like clean it from the inside out yeah, so it and it's infinitely better, I imagine. I didn't see it, it when it was in a full Grey Garden state. Right. So I've only I've only been there after that. Right. Now so I it's was, like 25% Grey Gardens. Yeah. Know, generally. Well, and also in a way that you're like, oh, can I have this? And she's like, yeah. You know, totally. you're like, oh, wow, like an alligator foot. Can I have it? <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, or like CDG. Oh, look, 25 vintage umbrellas. Can I have one? She's <laughs> like, you can have five. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, and was your house, was your house starting to collect as a child when you would go back? That house, mm-hmm. when, because she started, I mean, she was always sleeping on the couch. Right, but That's there were several thing. times where she'd moved, and mm-hmm. then this was the first house. The house that you know of my mom's is the first one she bought. Oh, so nice. that house, when she first moved in, was, like, very clutter-free and, mm-hmm. like, functional and then as the years went on it became storage for the shop so then mm-hmm. suddenly the front room was no longer a usable room right things started to shift into other rooms right. you know and she doesn't she's never slept in a bedroom in that house ever but she did she she used to she no. would sleep in beds at some points no, no? oh yeah in, in other pa- places in, uh-huh. but in that house never never that's the one that one nook is the place where she feels most secure mm-hmm. the library interesting that's it yeah. I mean, and that started... When did couch sleeping started? I mean, I think it basically began because growing up, like, we would always rent one bedrooms, and the bedroom was for my brother and I, and right. the living room was her bedroom. And so it was always, like, a bed and the television. So it was, like, the living room was her bedroom. Right. But once there were homes where there was a living room and a bedroom, she did try sleeping in bedrooms for a time. It just didn't work. And it just went away. It just, it was just easier to go with what she, how she'd adapted. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Lang's problem in Men Don't Leave isn't the TV. There's really, she doesn't watch the TV. She's, no. She's just asleep and making muffins. Well, and for a while, she keeps it together. I mean, that's what's yeah. so incredible about the movie. She doesn't take a nosedive right away. No. The fa- like, the husband dies, and when she goes to the hospital, the fact that, like, she can't find the floor the morgue is on. Mm-hmm. That, so but instead you have like a long shot of her running in a basement or going into a kitchen area yeah. and just losing it. Yeah. That there's, there's so many long moments that happen in this movie. Like when Chris O'Donnell and Joan Cusack first meet in the elevator. Oh my God. And it's God. two minutes of just watching their faces. Look at each other. Look at each other. When he turns all the way around and then turns back to her. Yeah. In the corner. This kind of... <laughs> This kind of choreography on cinema that I'm like, it's amazing. Who does that anymore? The the, the scene where he's she gives him a snack in her mm. apartment. Yeah, and it's and it's Pringles, Pringles carrots, and a, some, like, like a dip. It's dip, and he's eating it, and she's he's can see her changing in yeah. her bedroom, and he sees her in her bra, and she's still asking him questions, and he starts laughing. Yeah, it's unbelievable it's incredible he's amazing or when that kid's like when those two boys are standing in the playground he's like you like milk duds oh my god and it's this long thing of like cutting him cutting that milk dud and it builds to them stealing it's so 
This movie's incredible. And and I think, well, for me anyways, like an enormous part of the success of the movie is the score. I was just Thomas about, Newman. I was waiting to see if you were going to say it. And do you know what? When we were watching it, I was like, did this guy do Heathers? And so then I look up and... He did everything. He didn't do Heathers. His brother, David Newman, did. And there's Thomas Newman and David Newman. Well, his father has 14 Academy Awards for movie scores. Wow. How many Academy Awards does Thomas Newman have? None. What? This is amazing. He's been nominated a million times. Does David Newman have Academy Awards? His brother? I don't know. I mean, talk about what the fuck. That family. Because they both... Thomas Newman and David Newman both... Um, they live for a xylophone and oh, for a synth and, xylophones. and also oh like God. a <laughs> like well, a kind of which is also going to kind of go towards um, who am I thinking of? You know, he Danny did Danny Elfman, yeah, a little bit, a little they bit. Both have that like kind of adventurous like new yeah. music yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. but they know. They don't audience. push it that far. They don't. They know their audience, so yeah, then it yeah. just does the sentimental thing again. Ugh. But they do it so well that it becomes like the soundtrack to your life. And like, a harmonica, honey. Ugh. Harmonica is a big deal in Heather's. Thomas Newman scores. I'm just going to name some of them for you, and you're not going to believe because you won't even know that he's so much a part of your life. But it's American Beauty. Mm-hmm. It's Shawshank. I was. Redemption. I put it on to at the gym. It's Joe Black, mm-hmm. Finding Nemo, Wally, Road to Perdition. On and on and on and on. You can't even believe it. He, I think he also did the one of, um, you know, where they're at like the Amish place because he has one called like Building the Barn. It's the one where that, it's like a criminal, it's like the, the investigator, the PI goes to that Amish one? place. What is that movie called? Alexander Goodenough is in it. I just can't remember what it's called. What's it called, Jeremy? Jeremy, the, the, the Harrison Ford Amish movie. The Amish movie. It's the name of the song is called "Building the Barn," I believe. Witness. Witness. I don't think Thomas Newman. He didn't did do that one. I don't know. Maybe David Newman did it, and I was just in a blend. Oh, it's just from I was also listening to just like songs from the eight from eighty five. Just from nineteen eighty five was Goonies. Ugh. Um, he didn't do that one, but here's some other songs that really get me. Goonies, and the one that gets me the most, of course, is "Return to Oz." Oh, interesting. The score for "Return" when I hear that, that's all I need. That as one's an actor. not familiar to me. Return to Oz is really mine. But, like, I have weird things, like the movie Phenomenon with John Travolta. Well, like, I know that score because it's Thomas Newman. Never saw it. He scored my whole life. Thomas Newman's... I hope you get to meet him. I won't. The scene where they're playing music and they're playing, like, Thomas Newman music, where they're, like, playing funky music in this giant library. At the Peabody Institute Library. Oh, that's what that is? And she comes in and she drops an orange from a high balcony. And then another one drops. someone. It's really good. And then David Kale, New York performance artist, is in it. He's what? in he's plays one of the um musicians. Is he the one who says, I don't appreciate eating my lunch off the floor? Yeah. Really? That's David Kale, yeah. Amazing. And then the woman who's in it who has like the eyebrows. Yeah. Is the, that Lori Petty? No, but you know who she is? She's who? the voice of Peppermint Patty from that show. She's a really like a voiceover artist. She's uh, a cartoon voice. She's so great. The part where she's like, she lost her other earring. She like, lost her fucking earring. Oh my God. Yeah. And just the way that scene ends. Well, the scene when he's like, do you want to go to a place where everyone's fat and happy and oh. singing and dancing? And he takes her to a polka place and that... That wonderful that, actress that big almost says no words cook woman doesn't say anything she's like just Dances gets her up her around. she's like you dance you dance and then yeah. she makes her like polka dance with her so good it is 
that scene where she's in the bathroom with the ex-wife, but she doesn't even know it's the ex-wife, and the oh, ex-wife yeah. has the one earring because it's, like, cool. Yeah. And Beth McCauley, the whole movie, is struggling with being, like, this country girl in a city, in a way, because she's dealing Beth with, McCauley, like... Beth McCauley, by the way, is Jessica Lange, if, in case you didn't right. watch the movie, as we told you And to. it's funny to us, because it's, like, someone who lives outside Baltimore, who's now living in Baltimore, yeah, and they're trying to make Baltimore the big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this lady's in the bathroom of some jazz club, and she has one earring on, and she looks really beautiful, and her yeah. hair is teased. And so Beth McCauley, who's like real country bumpkin, takes off one of her earrings. And that's when Peppermint Patty's like, she lost her fucking fucking earring. earring. And she just, and Jessica Lange just laughs. Laughs so hard. Jessica Lange. Incredible. Jessica Lange. She's unbelievable. Is, is really a national treasure. She really is. Uh, she's, but she's dessert. I mean, she is treated as such, so it's not like any be. secret. She should be. Did she you, has have two you watched Academy Fanny? Yeah. Fanny? Where she plays Fanny. Um, You're talking about Francis? Francis. Sorry. I've never Francis seen Farmer. it. You have to watch it. But she it. was nominated for Academy Award for that the same year she won an Academy Award for Tootsie as supporting actress. And then she won an Academy Award for Blue Sky. My mouth is fully open. You have to watch Frances. It's one of the most depressing movies you'll ever see. She has Emmy Awards, Tony Awards, Oscars. Tonys? She As won an actor. Recently, because she won for Long Day's Journey. Right, right. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's but then she so has all wonderful. the Emmy Awards from the last five years from those Ryan Murphy shows. Yeah. She wins every time because she's so amazing. Remember her in a feud. How about that she's reunited with Kathy Bates as old ladies? That is interesting. And they were so nice together in this movie. Kathy Bates was such a bitch. Oh, Kathy Bates is really... And Kathy Bates has been, you know, doing theater at this point in her career, for sure. I'm not sure if she's done Night Mother yet or not. But she's so... She's so good. Really good. Um, The part... When they get back to the boy in his little house that he's made... And she was like... You don't have to be such a good boy. Did you just cry and cry oh, when you I saw that a couple that, nights oh, ago? Sobbing. Really thought of you on that. It's and because me. like when they get into the house, you can tell for the little boy he's trying to make it happen. And then at a certain after that after What do you mean? As the actor? Emotionally he's trying to Yeah, as an mm-hmm. actor. He's trying to make they're like, Well now you have to be crying and mm-hmm. he's like they've like put some tears on him trying mm-hmm. to make it happen. And then Jessica Lang says that thing to him, you don't always have to be such a good boy. And then he's really crying and they're and Chris O'Donnell's crying like behind them. It's just all like so real life. And you know, this is Chris O'Donnell's first film appearance. Ever. Ever. And he is. And it's so natural. It's like he doesn't really understand what it is yet, so it just came out perfect. I kept thinking about how later he would do Batman and Robin with George Clooney. He became a movie star. And what happened to him then? Now he's on TV. He is? He does, like, NCIS. Oh. That's I know. so unfortunate. Because yeah. he really... To me, he should have been the Matt Damon. Well, like, he, that was what was happening. Because they were in movies together. They were. Like, school ties and stuff. I and then see that. He got nominated for an Academy Award for Scent of a Woman. Oh, no, for a Golden Globe. Okay. And then it just became... He became too mainstream with, like, becoming... Robin, and then sort of an action star. Remember that in Batman and Robin, on their costumes, they had nipples? Nipples. It's no good. That movie was... It was a real trash moment. Terrible. But he was in two of them. He was was Robin with both George Clooney and Val Kilmer. Wow. I know. So he managed to transition into the next movie when the lead couldn't. Well, because George Clooney was like, 
Who did it first? Val. 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 <laughs> I feel Val did too. What did Val... Whatever happened to Val? He got ugly and then it didn't work out. Oh. Someone recently on a podcast said, like, who is your, like, 90s, like... Crush? Dream, dream crush. Is yours Chris O'Donnell? No, mine is, like, Val Kilmer from that movie Real Genius. I never saw that. Really? No, mine is absolutely Johnny Depp from um, Henry and June. Or Benny and June. Benny and June. I remember, I've talked about this on this podcast before, when he, like, goes by her window in the tire, I just, there I would, like, burst into tears now. There is something I think of Benny and brothers. June that is similar to Men Don't Leave. There's something in it. Absolutely. But same with What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Like, very all the and, same. You know, and Welcome all Home, Roxy Carmichael. No, no, that is. Reed, you're going to lose that. Also with for Winona Ryder, Incredible. Wa- Roxy Carmichael? Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael with Winona Ryder. You are going... I remember when I saw that movie, when the movie ended, I ran upstairs crying. Wow. And my mother came upstairs and she was like, what's wrong? And I sobbed, I'll never meet Winona Ryder. Oh. And then years later, I was doing Strangers with Candy and I was I took a job out of town because it paid more than doing mm. Strangers with Candy. And I missed doing the final episode with Winona Ryder. So sorry. It she sucks. Was in it. And I now I don't care. I mean, if I met her now, I'd be like, "Ugh, you and Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, and Lydia Dietz, and Heather's, and Mermaids." And you then she would my just life. make a crazy face at you and walk away and be like, "I don't know what's going on." I, should, I don't know because we would be together. We'd be like there because yeah, like Parker or something. Friend. So she'd be like, "Oh, okay." She um, oh, I was gonna make two other sort of film recommendations from that time, which are a little earlier than that. Holly Hunter Vehicle, which is Miss Firecracker, which is amazing, which I think is based on a stage play. It's a play. play. It's a play by, um, and her plays are always fun. She also did this play with these three sisters I can never remember, which is called, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm spacing on this. I just did a scene of it in one of my It's a movie and a play? It got turned into a movie. It's called Crimes of the Hearts. Crimes of the heart. Crimes of the heart. A woman, one of them kills her husband, doesn't even realize she did it. And then she's telling her sisters about it. She's like, and I went to make the lemonade and he was yelling at me. And the next thing I knew, What's that, um, Truman Capote one? What? What are you talking about? What's the Truman Capote one that he based on that murder and then he became friends with the- In Cold Blood? In Cold Blood. That couldn't be more different from Crimes of the Heart. Crimes of the Heart is, and, and Miss Firecracker is based on the Miss Firecracker, con, Miss Fourth of July. You guys have to watch Miss Firecracker. Jeremy, Tim Robbins, playwright? Mary Steenburgen. Also, my other recommendation is Jeremy, home, Jeremy. home for the Holidays. Beth Henley. I love a Beth Henley Everybody play. Everybody watch Home for the Holidays with Holly I've, Hunter. Guess what? Never seen it. Yeah, we're going to watch it. I, what I really want to watch Directed is Directed by Jodie Foster. Roxy Carmichael. Because... I really want to. Okay. I want you Maybe to see we'll it. eat and watch that tonight. I that's what I want us to do tonight. Also, okay, everyone watch Get a Load of Little Man Tate again. You know what I mean? I never saw that. You auditioned for it. I did. Yeah. Someone they also asked on this podcast who who's the first celebrity you ever met. Who was the first? Oh, yours was Jodie Foster. Foster. My. But I didn't understand what was happening. The first celebrity I ever met was Robert Sean Leonard. Oh yeah. And wait, is really Tom Hulse a celebrity? Big time. Okay, well, I met him in boarding school. Academy Award nominee. Um, 
And then Robert John Leonard, Hope Day Davis. David. And Scott Wolf and Campbell Scott. I met them all at the same time. I also met Gordon from Sesame Street when I was really little. Who's that? Gordon. Mm-mm. Gordon. No. Sesame Street. Okay. Okay. But who was he? He was a black man with a fully bald head and a mustache. Okay, that feels familiar. Okay. Okay. I just didn't really like Sesame Street, and I didn't like Mr. Rogers. Whoa. I was really like... That's controversial. My mom would put those on and be like, "Mm, I don't really like this. And then I was like, can't we watch Dynasty? You know? I wanted to see... Right, right, right. Alexis being right. Alexis, and I you wanted like, adult stuff. Just a result of your mother's emotional abuse. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I mean, and in this way, likewise. I mean, you were also, but you weren't there really for it. No, and it was, and it was different. Our mothers did different things. Um, anyway, so we have more to say about this movie. I mean, I could talk about it all day. It's so. Wait till you guys see when she I throws mean, the muffins out. I really was like, I get it. She bought that bird. Didn't you get it? When Charlie Cosmo says, smells like vomit, and she goes, it's, it's Parmesan, Parmesan cheese, cheese, Maddie. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, it smells like vomit. Well, it smells like vomit. Yeah. The scene where he's like, he's like, can I say shit now, Chris O'Donnell? And she's like, yes. And then he goes, can I say fuck? And she's like, no. And she's really like, oh, yeah, couldn't goes, believe he said it. Yeah. And no, what she says is, Chris O'Donnell goes, so, okay, well, I'm going to say shit now. And she goes, you can say it too if you want to, to Charlie. And goes... I don't want to, but can I say fuck? Oh, and she yeah. goes, no. Um, when Joan Cusack cleans up her room, nothing felt better to me. When she starts, mm, when she gets her in that shower. You are Joan Cusack in this film. I am. And then the part where she makes her breakfast and like mm-hmm. slices all the fruit nicely and mm-hmm. makes her eat. And she keeps saying like, what clothes would you like to wear? And Jessica mm-hmm. Lange's like, I'm fine. And she's she's really like, this woman is so crazy and she's yeah. got to get out of my house. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she ends up saving her life. Well, the part also when... There's something so poetic to the script. The part when they're in the car again going to the the hot air balloon and she says, "Um, do you even know where we're going, Jody?" Like Jody. they're just that's the name of Jen Kuzak's role. Oh. And they're just in the woods. And she goes, "Do you know where we're going, Jody?" As they're in the woods like she goes farther. And she's like farther. farther, a little bit farther. And then reveal the trees, reveal the hot air balloon. This is when I really, I started to shake at this. Like, I could start crying again at this point. That part is another part where I was like, Jessica Lange didn't want to get in a hot air balloon. Because it's just from a... Right, they never shoot it. Like, And and the part in the car leading up driving to the hot air balloon Mm -hmm. is clearly, like, been um, recorded after the fact. ADR is what we call it in the business. So I was really aware of that this time. But those lines are exceptional. In the hot air balloon, when she goes, you know, I brought a friend of mine up here. Who was really depressed. So she was really bad. She was suicidal. And then Jessica Lane goes, what happened to her? Oh, well, she's institutionalized now. I know. But I still like the idea yeah. of it. I know. End of scene. Fully, sh- I was on the floor, fully shaking, sobbing. <laughs> the whole, it was so poetic. I was like this. And this is when I was like, why? Why can't theater and dance do this? Well, I was like. That's what we do. I was so like, have scripts like this. Like. When she just, goes, just everything in that car is so perfect. When she uh, goes, Chris told me that you hurt your foot on that hike and your husband carried you for two miles. And she goes, no one would ever do that for me. And she goes, I'm sure someone I'm would sure do someone that for you. Would do that for you. And she goes, no. I'm a size 12 already. I'm a size 12. 
It's just, <laughs> it's, it's like not funny and it's incredible and it is so funny and beautiful. And the screenwriter, it was a, it's a woman is billed first. It's a, a woman and then yeah. a, a man. Of it's it. directed it's, by a man. And the only other thing he really ever did was risky business. Can you imagine? No. Which, you know what? Risky business is not a bad film, I have to say. Paul Brickman, where are you? Please direct more films. He... He's younger than my mom. Well, and what's unfortunate is that men don't leave... You know, people people have a hard time reconciling themselves with messiness, with the mother, with poetry, with nuance, with multifacetedness, with healing. People, it's... And we need more of it. It's medicine. This movie's a medicine film. Remember when Jessica Lange is standing there and on the wharf and she's just figured out that, like, this guy who really cared for her is in fact not getting back together with his ex-wife. She just happens to be there to pick up his kid. And she looks at the child playing with Arliss Howard and says, they sure do love their daddies, don't they? Yeah. Can you imagine? I was like, I don't. <laughs> but yeah. also tears. Yeah. It was, it, it's just, and, and, and then when you see the two women standing there. Oh my God. Just the way it's and framed. The way it's framed in this dyad. It's incredible. It looks like the poster for Hannah and her sisters or something. It's just so amazing. Yeah. It's really. Do we have to wrap it up? It's really beyond. We Well, Jeremy came to bring a little, a, an unfortunate bit of news about the movie, which is the budget was $7 million, Uh-huh. And it made like $1. $6 million. Oh. That's not good. But it's not bad. It is actually oh. in in movie in movie business thing. If you don't recoup, it's just now. I'm, I'm hoping that was the box office budget right. and that Since future then, residuals well, and stuff. We're and here's helping. the thing: we are we've currently done an hour long ad for Men Don't Leave. We for no reason except that it's our fiftieth episode. Where uh-huh. the whole look for what's going on with dance and stuff has has been transformed by. Jeremy, once again, Reed and I couldn't get together to do a photo shoot, so you're going to have illustrations Wonderful. made by Jeremy that are so incredible. And we're going into our next 10, which is going to be our year anniversary in two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks, will you be at Bard? Because I will be. I don't know. So I, I leave so. on Monday I to go to I... Bard until July 22nd. Oh. So we'll have to figure it out. Yeah. We'll have phone calls and voice memos. Yeah. You'll, we can, we'll be reviewing Singlet. Uh-huh. And, um... I'm going to go see City Ballet this week. I know. You're going on Wednesday. Yeah. What is the program? Um, a Lauren Lovett thing, Peter Walker thing. But I've seen them all. And then this Justin Beck scared, uh, Pulcinella, which is the one I really want to see. Is there any Balanchine? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. oh, Glass Pieces. It's Jerome Robbins, Robert. right. Uh-huh. What I was going to say about... Jeremy, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what I was going to say about Men Don't Leave also is that we're very lucky now in this time of, like, everything being available. We can just download this movie now. And even up to, like, a few months ago, that was not possible. This was a movie, for some reason, it was nowhere. You had to buy a DVD of it. I own the VHS of it. Because this you need was, to buy it on Amazon so you can watch it any time and not rent it each oh, time. Oh, that's a good idea. Just but buy it. I think it's dangerous for me. I did that with Mommy Dearest, and I just watched part of it today. I think it's good that I continually give them two ninety nine. Okay. 
Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think I hope it goes to you know the director who made this incredible film. And yeah, the I know because all the actors have done really well for themselves. They have. Yeah, they're exceptional. Wow. Wow. Men don't leave. Episode fifty. Reed and I, we loves you. Um, and uh, is that it? Do I have any other recommendations? I feel like I ate something really good recently. A couple mm. things. There's a restaurant called Fawn on Vanderbilt where you should eat. Oh, I want to eat there. It's great. Uh-huh. It's like yummy, special Italian food, but like it doesn't feel like it. I think I'm just fun. into going to Arcastratus if I go somewhere uh, these days. So good, wasn't that good? We had a lovely dinner with Wyatt Fenner at Arcastratus. and so glad delicious. we're making a new friend. That's so good. Um, there's something else I was going to say. What happened to me? Oh... I watched The Square. I It's worth watching. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Definitely it feels like really like what it all is. It like, ends in a way that only a European movie can end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With I no resolution whatsoever. I wasn't surprised. Um, Me neither. I was like, I, the credits are going to roll now. Yeah. I have a feeling. I wasn't surprised by that movie at all. I can't wait for you to watch Killing of a Sacred Deer. I prefer it. Also, I recommend watching a clip on YouTube, which is um, Baking with Julia, Martha Stewart's Glorious right. Wedding Cake. It's 47 minutes long, so... But what about also the monologue that you most want to learn and you'll do sometime? talking about how to clean your kitchen. I thought about it last night while I cleaned the kitchen. Um, Yeah. Because Karen Scribner came over and I You must be vigilant. And I, like, cleaned up everything. I was so vigilant last night. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, more will be revealed, ladies and gentlemen and other. We hope this finds you well and that you've watched Men Don't Leave and have listened to our recap and have maybe shed a tear. Lots oh, of love. Yes, Rhea? Oh, also, I saw Isle of Dogs. I don't want to see that. It's a really... It's monumental in that the amount of like detail and work that's gone into mm. it is extraordinary. And mm. it's it's cute. I have no desire to see that movie at all. I um, don't like claymation well, if you're things. interested in craft, go uh, see that movie. When you mean like craft, like craft. Oh, also, one minute. I saw it at this theater, which is right near where you used to live at Shea Bushwick, which is now like... Right on that street. Right where you used to live at No, where Shea you Bush? used to yeah, live at I Shea used to live at Shea And you know how yeah. there's Roberta's, the pizza place? Yes. It's like across the street from there, and it's this weird movie theater where you can eat, but then like you go back behind and sit. It's almost like Alamo Draft House or was, whatever, yeah. or Nighthawk. Yeah. But it's a little it's a little more Bushwicky. The movie. And it's $7 to see. The movie, movie I most want to see, and it's not out yet, it was what I was going to do today, is I want to. I cannot wait to see Hereditary with Tony Collette. Oh, it looks too scary. It looks. So terrifying, I can't wait. Um, and Is that I, it? That's it. Okay, so many things, you guys. You have so much to do. Yeah. Please write us letters about Mendoza. We love you. We love you.